every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Come on around back, Arizona. We're going all the way to the back 40 today. It's the first Saturday of the month. So we have Julie Murphy in our outdoor living hour, spokeswoman for the Arizona Farm Bureau. Good morning. Can I'm you happy to be here. It's December already, starting a brand new month. It is, and it goes by too fast. It's my favorite time of year. I just have to say that. And if you follow along in our home maintenance calendar, we put in what we're talking about each week in our to-dos. And what we try and do with this segment is match local commodities coming out of our fields and our ranches and uh, that are being harvested in real time with the Arizona listeners so that when they're out doing their grocery shopping, preparing their meals, you know, that we can connect them with, you know, our, our local $23 billion ag industry through the Arizona Farm Bureau and support local farming and ranching and give everyone an idea of all the things that we do grow and harvest here in the state of Arizona. And you always bring in a guest, and your guest today is Selwyn Justice. He's with uh, Justice Brothers UPIC, and they also uh, have uh, cattle. In fact, one of the reasons why I like to interview the Justice family is they uh, cover three of the five C's, cattle, citrus, or it's... Well, and you have done cotton in the past. What am yeah, I we missing? Yeah, we've done cotton for, for several decades, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and heck, we can all claim the climate C if we're in agriculture. So the only thing I don't think you guys have done, unless it's back in your history, is mining. And um, since that's the segue into the first segment, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family ag history here in the state of Arizona, Selwyn? Yeah, so uh, the Justice Brothers Ranch um, started actually in the 20s. Uh, my family uh, has been in Arizona since the late 19th century, but we got started here in 28. And uh, at that time, uh, they, my folks were coming out of Missouri, and uh, the dream for them was to get somewhere where you could grow all year round, and they certainly found that here. Um the Salt River Valley was all farmland at that time, and uh, when they got started, one of the first things they planted out here was citrus. Uh, they did some cotton and that kind of thing as they moved forward. Uh, but citrus was kind of the, the indicator that they'd made it out here into the in, into the, the land of all seasons. And uh, so we actually, as a result of that, we're the longest continuous operated family citrus uh, outfit in the state of Arizona, and uh, we're, we're pretty proud of that. But we also raise uh, we raise some uh, beef cattle out here. We've been doing that for several decades, and over the years we've done all kinds of stuff. We've done just about anything that we thought would make a little bit of money. We did uh, beans for a while. We did a little bit of wheat and and a few things here or there. We did some melons and and that kind of thing. So we've certainly uh, certainly been wading into the waters of Arizona agriculture for a long time. So and ninety. 92 years this year. So. Wow, congratulations. And um, I do like to point out that Selwyn and his, and then his dad, Dwayne, are kind of history bus, buffs and uh, like fun ag trivia. So it may, that's important because you guys have been here so long, and gosh, you'll be close to celebrating your centennial. Uh, next year, Arizona Farm Bureau celebrates the centennial. But because of all that, you know a lot about our water history and some of the other issues and and you're always trying like you said trying the new things so one of the new things is your 
you pick. I think you're in your third year. Maybe it's the fourth year. Yeah, this is our fourth year. Uh, yeah, so we, uh, we're, we're running on a little bit of a delay this year. Our overnight lows with our citrus trees uh, kind of add a little stress to them. So they're, they're a little late. They're, they're playing catch-up. I go out and, and uh, speak words of encouragement to them every day. Um, so we're, we're getting there. We normally would be open next weekend. We're going to be pushed back about a month uh, this year. But, yeah, we've been doing that for three years now and or four years now and it's it's been a lot of fun it's been really interesting uh like you said i'm a, I'm a fan of the history of arizona agriculture and trivia my dad i don't think it's fair to call him a history buff he was there for all of it um <laughs> so that's just him relating life experience i can say that because he's not on the call with me R -R -R. Um, no. but uh uh but no uh yeah so it, and it's really it's a it's a nice way to be able to interact um when i can with the folks that are coming out there and supporting Arizona agriculture. So they get a, they get a chance to, I always say one of the big, one of the big value propositions we offer is come out and talk to some Arizona farmers and, and get some deeper knowledge and, a, and establish a deeper connection with the, the food that's grown around you. Cool. Uh, Rosie. Segment too, so I like it. That's neat. Rosie has a question. For and, you. and who is your typical customer on the you pick field? Is it, Family showing up, and how do the kids participate in the fruit that's too high? And are you pushing a cart, or what does it look like? Yeah, so we actually, um, so we we have over seventy five varieties of citrus, and so we have absolutely no interest in discriminating in between the varieties. So we actually sell a bag up front. We have eight bushel bags and quarter bushel bags, which hold roughly ten twenty pounds respectively. And the folks just buy the bags up front, and they go out and pick their own citrus. And uh, we do have pickers there for some of the higher fruit. And then when it's necessary, uh, we also have some wheelbarrows there on site. Of course, if you bring out the kids, they don't care how much you're picking. They, they really need to borrow that wheelbarrow regardless. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we get, we get a fair amount of, uh, of young families that come out. We're up in the Northwest Valley, and uh, uh, the UPIC is actually in the city of Surprise. And, uh, and so there's a lot of young families out here, and they really enjoy it. Uh, if nothing else, the parents get to come out and turn those kids loose on the farm. The kids just go tearing around out there. And by the time they get done, the kids are worn out. And, you know, parents have an easier afternoon of it when they get done with it. But, uh, but, and then we've got some folks that are just citrus devotees. You know, they've got a favorite variety out there. They call and check in to make sure it's ready to pick. And then they come out and, and they'll pick several pounds of it. I've got some really wonderful, uh, regulars out there. As a matter of fact, the guy, they, uh, my buddy Mark, he, He's, a, he's out there every weekend, and one, one time I had to take a phone call, so he just hopped behind the counter and was selling bags for me for a couple of minutes while I went and dealt with my business. I, uh, and, uh, and so I appreciate that, too. A lot of, a lot of the, the snowbird community likes to come out and do that. I, they're usually awestruck that they can be out and about when it's December and wearing shorts. Of course, I'm usually bundled up this time of year, but, <laughs> but it doesn't seem to bother them at all. Isn't that funny when you can see somebody in a pair of Bermuda shorts in December and January. So my question uh, for the listeners, though, give a distinction between the one the citrus orchard that you were referring to that's one of the longest continuous growing and managed citrus areas here in Arizona, but the U-Pick is in a separate place, and then the story behind the U-Pick. Yeah, so our, yeah, our home place is about Oh, about 15 minutes away from where the U-Pick is. And we picked that commercially, uh, by and large. We did just open up a farm stand out here where we sell some local produce that either we grow or our friends uh, grow. That's a pretty nice relationship. A lot of these people have been our wholesale customers for years, and now we have an opportunity to be wholesale customers of theirs. 
And so we have a farm stand set up over there in Waddell, just a couple of miles east of the 303 on Peoria. And then a few miles west of the 303 on Greenway Road, we have the, the UPIC. And the UPIC actually was a University of Arizona uh, crop experimentation station out there. And that citrus station was operated uh, for several years. A good friend of ours, James Truman, was the farm manager out there. And they decommissioned the station in 2007. And when that happened, he actually, that, that ground was leased from the Maricopa Water District. And James took over the lease. Uh, he uh, ran a commercial for a couple of years, and he's actually the one that started the uh, the UPIC. And when I moved back home from college, uh, he gave me a call. He's like, hey, you're young and have a lot of energy, and, and you're interested in kind of uh, mixing things up out here. Um, I kind of want to get out of this deal. Would you be interested in buying me out? And so I did, and we got that started. And, and he's the one that set the groundwork and the, and the blueprint for a lot of that stuff, which I really appreciate. Um, and it, it's a, but it's got a neat history and that's why there's so many varieties out there. We have everything from a couple of acres of one variety to one or two trees of a different variety out there. So it makes it pretty interesting and, and exciting. And, um, I learn more about citrus every day as a result of that, because there's all kinds of things out there that I had never encountered before we, we moved out there. Several different types of kumquats and linequats and all kinds of kind of wild stuff out there that I really appreciate. And we've got bergamot orange tree. If you Google the term bergamot orange tree, the first couple of pictures that come out are actually our tree out there because there's just not, they're not very commonly cultivated out here. So those that are regular returning customers, have they gotten to know the variety of citrus? Oh yeah, no, there's, I, (laughs) I've got a, I've got a, uh, a family that comes out there. And uh, the wife knows exactly what she likes. She likes those bergamot oranges, sour oranges. Um, but he, they have a, I think they've got a little over an acre, and he really wants to plant quite a bit of citrus back over there. He's from Florida and grew up eating fresh Florida citrus, which is almost as good as Arizona citrus. <laughs> and um, and he, uh, uh, when he, when they got that acreage, they, he wanted to plant quite a few trees. And, I mean, standard commercial, you plant about, you know, you can get, you know, uh, quite a bit of, you know, about a hundred trees on the acre if you really push it. And, uh, so he, uh, he wanted to get quite a few trees out there. So he has come out and sampled every single one of the varieties we have out there. Wow. As we come in the season, he comes back out and picks some more of them. And he's really got it dialed in on, on what he's interested in. And we're actually getting ready to graft some citrus trees here. We've got our own rootstock we've been cultivating. Uh, and he's, uh, he wants to come out and learn how to graft and all that stuff. So he's a pretty enthusiastic citrus person. So, uh, yeah, they really get a lot of use out of it and, and they, they find a variety or two that they like and, and they'll come back every week for it. And, uh, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So you see yourself expanding possibly, or certainly extending some of that reach, not necessarily land wise, but making sure that these trees are continuously, you know, fruitful metaphor intended and <laughs> you know that you're working working the system so to speak yeah we're uh, we work hard to take care of them you know we as as farmers uh multi-generation farm family you know stewardship is a, is an important principle for us and and uh, even though we lease that ground and it's kind of a unique situation usually farm leases are for a couple of decades and we lease on a three-year deal um out over there but uh but even then you know we take we take really good care of those trees and and uh, we're actually getting ready to plant um, some more trees on our on our home place and uh, and establish a, 
uh, some more kind of rare fruit tree, uh, rare citrus trees over there um, to kind of supplement the stuff we've got over there. There's some stuff I absolutely love over there that we've only got the one tree. And there's some years that all my customers get to the fruit before I do. So <laughs> it's nothing else. I need to have some tucked away at the home place that I can get to it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really, that whole process is really, I've always loved citrus and, and grew up loving getting to work in the orchard. Um, and, but that's, that's been that experience of working over there has been even more kind of reinvigorating. We'll be right back. We are joined in studio with Julie Murphy of the Arizona Farm Bureau and on the phone, someone justice of the justice brothers ranch and their citrus. You pick it, not open yet, but we'll give y'all, uh, a, a way to track it and, and keep up with it once it opens up. So you know where to go pick your own locally grown citrus. Happy, happy, happy fruits, happy fruits, happy fruits. That's that motivational song happy, that Sirwin sings to us. <laughs> you didn't know it, but when you were out there singing, so when Gary was out there with the microphone hiding in the trees, and we, we go for authenticity around here at this. Very broadcast. covert, very covert doing that. <laughs> I like it. Seventy-five different varieties, and like you had said, this was all because it was part of the testing growing grounds of U of A. And when we say testing, if you eat the citrus, you're not going to grow like a fourth leg or a third eye or something like that. They were <laughs> testing different varieties to see what we could be successful with here in Arizona, and that's why there's so many varieties on site. And you mentioned you guys are even going to try grafting some of your own, bringing some new varieties in. Explain the grafting process for citrus, just for anyone that may not be familiar with how, how citrus has been grown basically for the last 100, 125 years. Yeah, so the uh, the uh, uh, citrus and grapes and uh, rose rose bushes actually they're all they're all grown in the same way. You you actually have a rootstock, which is one type of tree, and that that tree you pick um, for how well it gets along with the soil in the area that you're at and and the the climate at large, and then you have what they call the scion, which is the part of the tree that produces the fruit. And uh, the relationship in between the rootstock and that sign is also important. There's some trees that just graft better to certain rootstocks, but literally take the one and uh, the rootstock and you just, you cut a, uh, an opening on it and you slide in the bud um, of the fruiting part of the tree that you want. And as those, as that matures, those two cut pieces will fuse into one, into one tree. Um, and you can actually do multiple varieties of fruiting scions on a single rootstock. So you could have one tree with three or four different varieties uh, of uh, citrus. Matter of fact, I think over at uh, Greenfield, our friends over in Mesa Greenfield Nursery, um, I think they've got some for sale there that have two or three different varieties on on one tree. So it's uh, it's kind of fun. I have a friend of mine that has what he, what he calls this sprite tree. It's got a lemon and a lime on it, <laughs> and uh, and he really enjoys that. What are your favorite varieties? Oh man, I mean, you know, that's that's like asking me like, which which kid's my favorite. I uh, <laughs> I uh, I've always I've just always been a sucker for just a parent Washington naval orange, which is about the most basic, uh, basic orange you could possibly think of. But I grew up on that stuff, and, uh, and I really enjoy that a lot. And I'm a big I'm a big grapefruit fan as well. Uh, and I know we're talking about lemons uh, today, some and and uh, as far as lemon varieties go, I actually really enjoy, there's a thing called the Boca Mariana, which is actually a rootstock 
but it's a lemon mandarin hybrid that occurred naturally um, some, you know, I think 100, 150, 200 years ago. Um, and it's, it's really, really good. I, I really enjoy that a lot. Um, so, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff out there. There's a thing called the Eustace Lime Quat, which is a lime kumquat hybrid. So you eat the whole thing, rind it all. And, and I really appreciate that, too. It's really hard. I, uh, but, uh, yeah. I go out to your U-Pick for the grapefruit. I'm like you. That's like my favorite citrus. And I, mm-hmm. when it's in season and I've gone to your U-Pick, I'm having a grapefruit every morning. Some fun facts about citrus. The first citrus tree in Arizona was planted in 1889. Uh, citrus production in Arizona peaked around 1970 with 80,000 acres in production. And, of course, here in the urban area, we've seen a lot of those citrus groves go out. But um, it's neat to know that there's places like Justice Brothers you pick, so we can check out some of those amazing varieties. Um, and, then, yeah, it talks about one of the latest, the next bullet does talk about that. Due to urban development, only about 20,000 acres are now in production in Arizona. Yeah, I've watched a lot. At its peak, there was actually 12 packing houses in Phoenix, and the last packing house closed. It was a Mesa Citrus Growers packing house closed in 2010. So now everybody ships their stuff down to Yuma uh, for the most part, and most of the citrus production has moved down to to Yuma. That's where a lot of it went. And Yuma, in terms of citrus, is still known for the lemons, and a lot of the lemons they export, not all of them, but a lot of the lemons they export to Japan. And um, they actually... Even in citrus, there's different phases of when they come in and when they're picking. And the last Yuma farmer I talked to, they had actually started picking some of their lemons, I think, last month. So, But now with what you're doing and the U-Pick availability for your customers, you said you wouldn't be open until January, correct? Yeah, typically we're open the second weekend in December. Well, let me rephrase that. Typically we shoot for the second weekend in December and then it rains. And then we're open up, open the following weekend. Uh, but that happened to us three years in a row now. But, uh, but yeah, normally we would be open by now. But like I said, some of our varieties just had had some some slow time getting up there. I've already I picked some grapefruit and we picked some lemons. Um, but uh, but a lot of the there's just so few varieties that are ready to harvest right now. Do and we've actually got some calls coming in, and I haven't even given out the number yet this morning. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. One triple eight Rosie for you. Hit number one when you hear the auto attendant. If you'd like to talk about citrus or have a question about your citrus, someone's on the line. I feel you'll find the love is like the lovely lemon tree. Lemon tree, You know, Carrie, bring the video camera next time because we're, we're to get Slynn skipping while he's singing is is really a sight to <laughs> yeah. see. Yeah, <laughs> you know the audio is good enough by itself, but if we could get catch the skipping next time, that would just add cream in it on top. <laughs> That's great. So, um, I one of the questions I wanted to ask Selwyn before we end this first hour broadcast with Rosie on the house is. You know, tell us what it takes to run a farm that's open to the public, where the consumer can come onto the farm. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a different skill set that I had to acquire. I can tell you that. Um, yeah, the uh, <laughs> it was uh, it's 
I think I was I was a little intimidated at, at first, you know, having that that direct interaction with folks. But um, but I uh, you know I'm naturally so charming and congenial that it it really wasn't that big of an issue. But uh, no, you actually uh, are Selwyn. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, but Very I, uh, too. yeah, no, one of the things that, uh, one of the things I think that, that I, I learned very quickly is that, uh, people really are as interested in, in getting, putting all that into context, you know, getting a little bit of information about all the different things that are available. And, you know, I kind of assumed that if I got out of people's way, they'd, they'd be happy to do that. But there's some folks that, um, you know, they're, they're more than happy to kind of stand up there and chat about those kinds of things and spend a little bit of time putting what they're doing into context of the, the bigger picture of agriculture. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks from uh, rural parts of California and from the Midwest that move out here. And so they have a, they have a particular idea of what farming looks like in their mind, especially the folks that grew up in in the breadbasket and stuff. And they're used to seeing, you know, field corn and wheat. And then, you know, there's three months where there's absolutely nothing out there. And so they, they really, uh, they really uh, kind of get a kick out of the fact that we've got all this beautiful tropical fruit <laughs> available to them in December, January. And, um, and so that, that uh, kind of actually getting more involved with people than I, than I thought I was trying to get out of their way. And it turns out that they were really interested to kind of have a direct interaction with the farmer. And, and, uh, and that wound up being one of the things that our customers really appreciated was the fact that we took time to do that kind of thing for them. And so that was kind of nice. It's, um, you know, there's some insurance differences (laughs) that come with that, um, naturally, you know, and, uh, and kind of the way that you, you pay attention to different things in the orchard, you know, kind of what's, what, what looks good and, and making sure that it's a little bit more attractive. And, you know, I'm a little bit less worried about that kind of thing on the commercial side of things. I mean, we keep the orchard floor clean. Um, but in terms of kind of dressing it up a little bit, I never have to worry about that out here. Guys that work for me in the trees themselves don't really seem to mind one way or the other. Um, <laughs> on the insurance side of it, the liability issue is higher, of course, when you've got the consumer on farm ground. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, you got wheelbarrows and you got kids running around and there's always opportunities for that. But, uh, but my customers are always patient with me and, and listen to my, my concerns when I mentioned, you know, try to take it easy out there and, you know, don't climb in the trees or do anything like that. And so far I've been lucky. Um, Steve Goucher, my insurance agent, if you're listening, it never happens. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so my, my customers have, have always been really good about paying attention to that kind of thing. And since and, we're on, uh, citrus and lemons, another trivia point, according to the health experts, citric acid in lemons is said to help dissolve kidney stones and maintain liver health. So if you have a pr- propensity for those kidney stones, eat a lot of lemons. Actually, when it comes to lemons, in the morning, because I want to try to make sure I'm staying well hydrated, I'll put a little, squeeze a little lemon juice in a 16-ounce glass of water and swig that down. I do that on a daily basis just to, not because I'm fighting. Yeah, lemon, lemon water is great. Yeah, it's, it's more refreshing and, yep. <laughs> and citric acid also cleans off scale, right? I think so. Yeah. I, think I know so. vinegar. Until, until we're proven wrong? Yeah, that's what we're <laughs> okay. going to say. I know vinegar does that, too. Vinegar, too. Well, <laughs> as to what yeah, That's actually one of the reasons why lemon is such a successful crop is because it has such a broad application like that. It's very commonly used in industrial stuff and, and in cleaning products and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Way cool. Rosie? Well, 
I mean, what citrus can and can't do. I'd never even heard of a bergamot orange. But, but since I learned about it 30 minutes ago, I mean, the health claims for what that orange can do is unbelievable. It does everything except cure cancer. And who knows? Maybe well, how many how many acres? bergamot oranges, you wouldn't have Earl Grey tea. That's where that bergamot oil comes from. It makes Earl Grey tea. So. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it comes from. It's uh, yeah, it's really matter of fact. Uh, uh, I've got a friend of mine that makes marmalade with it, and I jokingly call it Earl Grey marmalade. That's what we call it here at the house. But you know. I, I'm scrolling through what it does to cholesterol, and it. I mean, this is. I learn something new every time I do this show. So how many acres of that orange variety do you have? We might need to prepare our listeners for that, especially if you have a storm have, on I the have, farm. Yeah, I have one I have one tree of it. That's why that's oh. why I want oh. to to cultivate some of that stuff uh, for uh, to get a couple more trees going. Yeah, that's definitely on my list of things to plant. Rosie, I'll go halves in on you. How about that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Does it get picked clean by the time the season's over? And is it a- uh, yeah, there's there's only a couple of devotees, um, but but yeah, they usually get most of the fruit off of it um, by the time it's done. And just while we're on the while we're on the topic of, of medicine and citrus, lemons actually were a critical part of the first controlled medical trial ever conducted. Ooh. Uh, when they were t- when they were doing studies on how to cure scurvy clear back in the 18th century, um, that was the first controlled medical trial, and lemons were an important part of that. See, so. I told you the Justice family has all this very amazing trivia. If it's not history, it's it's health health wise. So, um, yeah. like I've mentioned a couple times that I've been to you, your you pick, I always get the grapefruit. Uh, how many varieties, and what seems to be a favorite with the customers? Yeah, so if you count, we do. We've got a couple of uh, of uh, grapefruit hybrids out there, like the Mellow Gold and the Oro Blanco. And uh, so, if you include those two, I think we've got we've got I think we've got five different varieties of grapefruit out there. Um, the the Oro Blanco is by far one of the most popular varieties we cultivate. We've got twenty trees, and usually within the first six to eight weeks, we're almost totally cleaned out um, of those. They're, they're just a very popular. They're, they're a white grapefruit hybrid. They're very sweet. They've got a really mellow flavor to them, and, uh, and they're, they're really great. And as they mature, they just get a little bit sweeter as they go along. But we've got ruby reds. We've got uh, the, the red blush, which is uh, was uh, at one point in time, I think it's still the, the most cultivated grapefruit in America. Um, and that's you know, kind of your classic red. Grapefruit. And and Julie came up with a great a great tagline for that. When they and the reason why they're called red red blush is where the the fruit grow in clusters, and where they touch, it, it gets a little bit cooler there. So they get really really pink at that point of contact. And so Julie said that when they kiss, they blush. And I I mention that to people every time they come out. Now she's a great she's a great. <laughs> oh <laughs> fun! Yay! And something I think we need to help break the mentab- mentality with consumers is you don't have to keep citrus isolated when you go to the grocery store you've got orange juice with or without pulp you've got grapefruit it's all separated we have about 10 years ago planted around a, a dozen citrus trees 
And sometimes one fruit might not be ripe, but it's still good enough for squeezing. And we'll go and just pick a random variety, whether it's, uh, you know, we may end up with two pink lady grapefruits, a couple navel oranges, a, a Mexican lime, and a few Meyer lemons. We'll squeeze them all together and have a different variety. I mean, every single drink is different, but it's all fun. And a lot of times, you know, when you get orange juice by itself, sometimes that can be, a, you know, a, really strong well you blend it with a few other different types of citrus and it kind of smoothens out the the hard acids oh I never yeah it um it with with a lot of orange the commercial orange juice in florida they have early season sweet oranges and they've got late season juicing oranges and they'll and they'll actually they test the sugar and so to get a consistent variety they'll they'll add a little bit of early um early kind of that late season stuff they'll add that to the to the early season stuff to cut that sweetness out just like what you're talking about so yeah you're you're right there on the cutting edge just like the rest of the industry Romy you know what that sounds like to me successive ripening <laughs> ah, <laughs> farmer Greg's onto something there you are so um, tell me what's one of the most common questions that your customers that come to the UPIC ask you and what has surprised you with the interaction with your customers at the UPIC yeah, I think uh, a lot of folks actually have questions about their own citrus trees, and uh, and I, I have some folks that that they kind of joke about. Well, you know, I don't want to I don't want to compete, you know, with your business here. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, so I get a lot of questions about about citrus, usually watering schedules and that kind of stuff, and uh, and we talk about that. But as far as the citrus itself goes, um, you know, they my the most common question, of course, is what do you recommend? And uh, and so we've kind of developed this informal survey of, of uh that we do kind of there i got it from a friend of mine which is you ask them about what kind of stuff they like that isn't citrus and and you can kind of get dialed in you know that way and figure out if they really like sweet stuff or if they prefer something that's a little bit more bitter because uh, sometimes if you ask them that question they'll veer away from the bitter stuff i think because they get a little bit preoccupied um they don't want it to be super tart uh, but you know, you ask them kind of what what kind of sometimes you know what kind of beer do you drink or you know what kind of dessert do you like, um, and and we can help folks get dialed in on a on a favorite that way. Um, so but, based uh, on that, yeah. based on we their get questions about you know how does how does growing citrus work, um, and you know we talked about the grafting like we 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 had a chance to discuss a little bit earlier, and. So- as a result of that, people walk away with quite a bit more knowledge than they wanted, especially given my proclivity to, to talk. <laughs> and well, and it also sounds like based on their palate, whether they're sweet or tart, you know where to send them in the orchard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have really clearly uh, clearly laid out map there, and, and it has all the varieties listed, and uh, the trees are, are marked. And so it makes it really easy for us to send them on their way. And don't get me wrong, anybody can find some way to get lost eventually out there. But uh, but uh, but we're always we're always on hand to get them set in the right direction. I did notice the last time I went there that the signage was very clear and easy to figure out what variety you were trying to hunt for or head towards. So tell us one more time for the listeners that are getting you know we're really making their juices flow and their taste buds with the citrus variety where exact how do i get there sure yeah so uh, our farm stand is is open every weekend at our home place and that's um that's on the inter- at the intersection of bullard avenue and peoria in waddell arizona so the if you're coming off of the 303 which is the the main 
main highway down over there. It's just uh, three miles east of the 303 on the south side of the road. It's a big, you know, they've got a big shade structure out there with some signage. And the U-Pick is even easier to get to. Uh, all, um, and all you do is you get off of the, uh, you get onto Greenway Road and you keep going west until the road runs out. And where the road ends, the signs begin. You just follow them out there, and, and that's where it'll set up. And that'll be, uh, we're hoping, fingers crossed, to have that open on the second weekend in uh, January. But the farm stand's open now, and both of them are going to be open from uh, 9 to 3 uh, every Saturday and Sunday. Thank you, Selwyn. And like he had mentioned earlier, we're not ripe yet, so we will be, as soon as it's open, we'll let all of our listeners know. But you can also go to their website, Justice Brothers. You, just just the letter U, not Y-O-U, justicebrothersupick.com. We'll put that, of course, on the archive page. We'll put it on our social media. Uh, there was a link in our newsletter that goes out every Thursday with a preview of what's coming up in Saturday's broadcast. So it's the U-Pick Citrus Farm in Waddell. It's the Bob Roberts Society Band Playing every Sunday at the Orange Grove Stand So, Sarah, when, until the U-Pick is ready to open, you might want to bring a few bands to the Orange Grove stand to make a few extra bucks and help out some musicians. How's that? Yeah, I was going to say, it's always nice to have a full accompaniment like the one you caught there, so, you know, I always appreciate that. <laughs> and don't forget, their farm stand is actually open. Do you have information on Facebook about the farm stand that's at at your farm yeah, in Waddell. Yeah, so if you go to that website that Rosie mentioned earlier, uh, justicebrothersupick.com, um, you'll uh, you'll find all the information about that. But we're also on social media at Justice Brothers Upick and also Justice Brothers Ranch. So, and we've, we try to make it as, as clear and concise as possible about how to get over there. And, uh, and yeah, so like I said, we're open, we're open every weekend from uh, 9 to 3. And uh, and that'll, that'll be the same hours as the UPIC once we get opened over there as well. And that's in January at the UPIC. Mm -hmm. But I first want to give props to Jennifer, uh, Romy's mom, for the uh, Cajun pecans you just handed me this morning when I came into the studio. I can't wait to try them because... Just they're... just crack the lid and sniff them. Yeah, I did, and gonna, I'll do it again because you told me, Rosie. Oh, they're fresh man. out of the oven. Oh. Fresh out of the oven, a special Cajun recipe. I'm sure there's a secret sauce that you guys aren't revealing to man. anybody. But it's Actually, they're... it's published on our website. Oh, okay, so it's not a secret sauce. <laughs> and the it's... secret is using Green Valley pecans. Yes, Green Valley pecans, and by the way, greenvalleypecans.com. They have a store where you can go there um, out in Green Valley. Where exactly are they located? I don't have the website in front of me, but pecanstore.com. Oh, it is pecanstore.com. Pecan you can pick from naturals, chocolates, candied, savory, specialties, or bestsellers. And pecan butter. I ordered a bunch yesterday. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> but <laughs> what I've got to say is what a combo our local pecan growers and Jennifer. Nobody, I, and I got them straight from Jennifer, so I feel like my pecans here in this jar are way more special. Well, but thank you. they are Green Valley pecans. That's right. Just one of the many aspects of Arizona agriculture here in the great state of Arizona and why we have the Farm Bureau in the first Saturday of every month here in our outdoor living hour. But uh, Swin, 
mentioned earlier Justice Brothers Ranch, and for anybody that has property or the inclination to raise their own beef, I've got my last two beef cows from Selwyn, and we'll be, you know, bringing them to harvest. They were uh, set for June, but there was a little surprise. They both calved. No one knew that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think Selwyn's fence was a little weak on the on the on the corner. Nobody saw where the, the bull got in. So That's we're like, too funny. surprise. So we nursed them, and you know, we we rescheduled for the harvest date. But now, uh, you know, yeah, I was gonna say I was waiting for your call, but now I know why I haven't got it yet. <laughs> you know what? Generally, it's every year, but I've got I've got two year supply of meat now. Your kids had to have a ball discovering that one morning, right? So Roxy comes back and she goes, "There's a baby out there, like Aww. a baby in what? A cow? Cute. I love it." You know, I, I the stork must have delivered it. <laughs> but but if you have the room and you're so inclined to raise your own beef, you can call the Justice Brothers Ranch and yeah. schedule a pickup date. They may not have one ready now, but they'll put you on the list. And when one's ready and of age, you know you can yes. go pick it up. Do you, do you guys deliver by chance? Yeah, we can if the price is right. You know, that's uh, that's good with us. But yeah, no, as long as it's as long as it's local enough to us, we certainly don't mind doing that. So are you raising most of your beef for the local market? Or are you doing both the traditional auction sell and Yeah, the... yeah. We take a we take a, a about every quarter we make a run down to the the Marana stockyards, um, run by the Parson family who are really great and wonderful people and it's a it's a great institution here in Arizona. But yeah, we run we run a load down to the Marana stockyard about every quarter. And then uh, but we're always more than happy to sell stuff that we've got here on hand to buy everybody's patient enough for us to get something that's and, a, a decent enough size to send them over. There are other auction houses, and I understand there's one going up in Tonopah, but for cattle, that Miranda cattle auction ranch, I mean, that's the real deal. It is. It really is. The other thing I want to point out about the Justice family, if you're curious, you want to know more about them, just go to azfb.org, Arizona Farm Bureau's website, and literally um, – in our on the website, you can just plug in justice, and we have boatloads of information on them. In fact, Dwayne and Selwyn give me a hard time because I'm always bothering them to do something. But hey, it's all worthy causes, right? Yeah, well, yeah. My my uh, my father, my mother, and myself have all served on boards uh, Maricopa County, and and uh, and my mother and my father both served in the state board as well. So yeah, there's a long tradition of that in our family, and my dad's dad as well. And you're not going to get off easy. We're devotees. Yes, you're devotees, and you're not going to get off easy. There's expectations that you stick with us for the long haul, Selwyn. Yeah, my dad's been with Arizona Farm Bureau since almost the beginning, a hundred years ago. So you know, I've got I've got a a long road to hoe ahead of me. (laughs) I'm I'm suspicious he might be listening. You might get in trouble after this is all over. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure I'll hear something about something. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's a t- the Justice family is a typical farm family. They hang out with the Arizona Farm Bureau all the time. So, Selwyn Justice, Justice Brothers Ranch, Justice Brothers, you pick it. You can go to Justin Brothers, the letter you pick dot com. Find out when the Citrus Grove is open. Out, I said Waddell, but it, someone said it was surprise. I mean, it's right there on the border. It's Greenway where the road ends somewhere out in the Hundred Avenue. Is hundred miles. Probably like 80th Avenue, probably. Arizona Farm Bureau, fillyourplate.org. Yes.